what's really cool about astrology is that we attract the perfect cast of characters for us to act that out. And so you attracted Mimi, who wants to be cared for and looked after in that way. Like she desires that in, in, in a partnership, but she also in her own chart has to learn how to stand on her own. And so you see how the conundrum here is that if you keep acting out this compulsive need to protect, you stunt her growth. Now flip it with her way. If she depends upon you taking care of her, she will not grow. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hey, hey, fam. Welcome back to The Medicine. This is episode 140. If this is your first time listening, you picked a super dope one, my friend. Today, we're speaking to our magical friend, teacher, and professional astrologer, Adrian Abeta. We call her our fairy godmother because she has had such a profound impact on our lives and relationship, and you'll hear all about that in the episode. This is her fifth appearance on The Medicine, making her our most frequent guest, and those of you who have been listening since the beginning probably feel like you know Adrienne as well. Adrienne has worked in addiction counseling, she has a degree in religious studies, and has been a professional astrologer for 20 years. Working with Adrian is like actual therapy, but with a magical twist. She is the perfect balance of love and nudging you in all the right places to spark your transformation. There are very few people in my life whose insight and wisdom lands deeper with me than Adrian. And today she is sharing massive amounts of wisdom in the form of relational astrology. Way back in episode 64, Adrian went over the basics of individual astrology. So if you're brand new to astrology, go back and listen to that probably first. Uh, but today we're taking a look at the interplay and harmonics between two charts to people, the compatibility and the potential conflicts or stickiness in relationship. And spoiler alert, that's where all the growth potential is. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. You can do this with any relationship. You can look at the compatibility between a parent and a child or business partners, but here at The Medicine, you know we're big on conscious romantic partnership. So today there are two parts to this episode. First, Adrian uses mine and Chase's chart to explain important aspects to consider when evaluating two charts, sort of like definitions in action. You might be thinking, well, she knows you two, so of course her reading is going to be spot on. Well, then about halfway through, she does another reading on a couple that she's never met. All she knows about them is the time and place of their birth, 
nothing else. But Chase and I know these two people very well and are able to verify what she shares. I won't spoil it, but it was pretty freaking incredible. And when you listen today, I would imagine that some of you will be interested in getting a reading and working with Adrian. Of course, we totally support this. I think that you should follow that nudge if you're feeling it. So you can look her up at adrianabeta.com or what's easiest is probably to just send her a DM on Instagram at Adrian Soul Sessions and just tell her that you listened to the medicine. And of course, all of the links will be in the show notes. Okay, last thing before we jump into the conversation, Chase and I have very exciting news. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen it all over my page. Our mushy love cinnamon swirl latte is finally ready for you all. And if you haven't heard, this is a mushroom elixir that we've been working on for the better part of two years, y'all. It supports gut health, immunity, hydration, and beauty with the organic, top shelf, highest quality mushrooms, Tremella and Chaga, 500 milligrams each, which is two to three times more than other mushroom elixirs out there. Some of the most popular brands that you've heard of that you know in the mushroom space, yeah, our formulation has two to three times more mushrooms. Just blend one to two scoops into your favorite steamed milk, and it's basically like a liquid cinnamon roll. To learn more about Mushy Love, you can check out episode 139, where Chase and I get into all the details around Mushy Love, why we created it, how mushrooms helped actually reunite us when we were separated, how Mushy Love is different and better than other mushroom brands, and our favorite ways to use it. So the pre-sale will run from July 18th, which was a couple days ago, if you're listening when this dropped, to the 31st, and we'll start shipping out the first week of August. So remember, this is the pre-sale, and your order will ship out around August 1st. To grab your bag of Mushy Love, you can go to getmushylove.com, or just check the show notes for the direct link, as always. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you do enjoy it, please share it on Instagram or send it directly to someone you love. It helps us grow and reach more beautiful minds and souls. Okay, enjoy. Love you all. Cheers. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my beautiful blue-eyed Gemini next to me here on my left, my love Chase. What is going on, everybody? You know, I can't really fast anymore. I used to fast all the time for, you know, cellular autophagy and all these benefits. Um, I can't do it anymore because it throws my hormones, uh, you know, totally into the tank. Except for when I'm coming into an experience that I know I'm going to be so nourished and satiated by a conversation <laughs> with a mentor there's literally you adrian mm-hmm. and one other individual paul check that i would do this for that i would em- <laughs> empty myself so that i can take in and receive all of all of this nourishment and wisdom so i'm so glad you're back for a fifth time adrian welcome to the medicine thank you wow <laughs> you emptied yourself for to be filled up by me 100 <laughs> percent. that is wonderful <laughs> I bet you've never had anyone tell you that. I haven't. And I want to say that's what she said. But yeah, right. 
<laughs> thank you. Me. Yes, yes, thank you. Well, I, yes. I hope that I deliver a nourishing meal. <laughs> for sure. So for all of you who maybe this is your first time listening to us, Adrian is the goat. <laughs> she is the greatest of all time when it comes to all things astrology, mystery, magic, and so much of what we love creating and experiencing in this world. And you have been such an amazing teacher and mentor and guide and just friend. Mm to us um, and as you heard listeners um, this is her fifth time on the show the first time you came on our show it was kind of like dipping our toes into what is astrology like what is this thing and um, kind of getting like a beginner's guide to benefits and why it's something how how we can learn how and, and the wisdom that we can take from understanding more of our chart Chase and I have had multiple sessions with you. Each one feels like its own therapy session. Um, it's not simply just reading a horoscope. <laughs> it, is, it is actual therapy. Mm. And the biggest um, takeaway for me working with you alongside Chase um, together is it feels like a big permission slip. <laughs> understanding myself on a deeper level and every time I do that for myself try to understand and peel back the layers of who I am and my psyche my unconscious my subconscious the only thing that has ever come from that is more love for myself mm -hmm. that has been my greatest lesson in this in this life and so I am just so grateful to you and the part that you have played in this grand scheme in this play that is my life mm -hmm. and, and the role that you have played so mm -hmm. I just want to extend that gratitude um, you have been such a major player in our lives and forever grateful mm, thank you and you so beautifully just uh, reflected your own your own horoscope right? <laughs> <laughs> your Libra moon and Leo sun yeah. so it's really beautiful I'm glad that I could be a mirror for you thank you well, we are talking about, so we've dipped our toes into the basics of astrology. If you have no idea what astrology is or anything, um, make sure you go back to that episode. I will put it in the show notes for you and, and make sure you listen to that. Today is going to be more about relational astrology. Can you explain just a little bit of what we're going to touch on today? Yes, yeah. Relational astrology also uh, referred to as synastry or compatibility. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how two charts, the interplay between two charts or the harmonics between two charts, the dynamics and, and how they how they blend well and how they um, create friction. And so we think about this as, you know, there's a, a symphony that can occur and, and this is really beautiful, the harmonics between two. Or there can be a cacophony. Is that, the, is that the right way to say it, Gemini? <laughs> I, I, I love the word. I don't actually know what that means. Okay, but. it's a disharmony between uh, the two charts. And so what's important in this is looking at these, these charts and understanding how the interplay will work helps people better relate and, more importantly, learn what lesson that person is playing in their life. And so you can do this with any charts. Um, you can do this with, you know, in a relationship. You can do this for family situations. It's, it is a way to... Uh, analyze how two people will come together. Mm. Mm. Okay. I love that. That's great. And, and and fear not, because I will be asking you know basic questions of definition that we've probably either addressed before, just for clarity and and uh, you know for my own sake as as these things fall off after conversations that mm -hmm. are years old. Um, 
but I'm I'm stoked. And the way that we've got this set up is we've got our charts. Uh, you know, we mentioned we've we've worked with Adrian multiple times. Um, so we're going to be getting into you know us as an example. Uh, we also have uh, two people that are very very close to us that are also in a relationship. Um, they've they're married for about you know com coming up on two, two years. years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we know them well enough. We'll keep their names anonymous, but but that we'll have another example outside of just ourselves uh, to see how this interplay mm -hmm. works mm -hmm. and uh, fired up for it. Yeah. Before we jump into all things relational astrology, we have a, a question that we ask many of our guests on the show. And since you've been on so many times, usually we ask, what do you love in your life so much? Well, <laughs> We've had to start coming up with new questions for you because uh, you are such a bouquet of wisdom <laughs> that it's like, let's, let's, let's uh, offer another type of question for Adrian today. One that we is important to us, but we have not asked you yet. So that is, what are your views on God, the divine or, or some greater purpose for your life? Do you, subscribe yourself to any sort of epistemology or philosophy or religion mm -hmm. wow <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a cat right now and like my all my hair in the back has gone up as if like i'm so stimulated by this question okay let's try to be succinct about this um so do i subscribe to any epistemology um no i don't because i think that uh first of all there's wisdom in anything um, this is a near and dear topic. Um, I have a religious studies degree, and this is something that has always been really fascinating to me. So my relationship with the divine has evolved over the course of my life, and it went from, you know, immature, which is our young view of um, God, and God was, you know, the creator God, and he was God, that, uh, that devolved and turned into more of a relationship with what we call the divine. But the divine to me is something merely, um, merely, wow, sorry about that divine. <laughs> it is simplicity. simplicity. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the divine and spirit is, is something that is energy and it's love. U ultimately, it's love. And as I sit as um, on the precipice and as a companion to my husband, who at the moment is really struggling with cancer and the end of his life and just mortality, how we how we come together and we talk about that divine energy and how we talk about spirit and how we talk about energy, it always comes, we're both very philosophical and I could go on for years about this, but it's very simple and, and that is love and connection. And so my connection with nature and my, con and you know, you people are nature. We're mm -hmm. all a part of that. My connection with nature is my purpose mm -hmm. and how I can grow other people's divinity and how I can reflect other people's divinity, namaste, mm -hmm. is very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe in purpose and I do believe in destiny, of course, um, but I also believe in free will. And I think we're all babies here, just trying to grow up. Mm -hmm. And that divine energy is something that we are tapped into, but it becomes deeper and richer the more that we, well, shadow work, the mm -hmm. more that we become whole. Mm -hmm. And that wholeness includes everything. There's no good and bad. The divine spirit transcends any boundaries. Mm -hmm. It just is. And so we just are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I love, love that. that. It's more and more as I get older and as I lean into this, there isn't a point to it all. There isn't a rational, uh, you know, 
articulate point to life, to understanding God. It's this experience. It's this flow Mm -hmm. that we can only ever attempt to articulate, that we can only ever attempt to describe, but it will always fall short like love. Mm. I can't, my meat suit can't even handle how much (laughs) I love Megan. Mm -hmm. It can't even handle it. So no matter what I say, the word love is like, ugh, ugh. not enough. <laughs> He's literally said that not to me. Not enough. Like, <laughs> the same with God. Like mm-hmm. I can experience it and I'm going to do my best through poetry and sound and, and maybe even some rational thinking mm-hmm. uh, to describe what it's like to interact with the divine. Mm-hmm. But it is an experience. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. an experience that doesn't necessarily have a rational point or purpose mm-hmm. outside of just knowing. Yeah. And, uh, that's never totally been comfortable, but it's getting more comfortable <laughs> as mm-hmm. I navigate this life and have and accumulate a diversity of experiences that seem like God. And that's beautiful for you because you are a Gemini, so a diversity of experiences. You are yep. the essence of that, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you will do your best to pontificate yeah. on the philosophy, on the words. And that's important because in doing so, it is the practice. Yeah. And our experience with the divine experience as a verb means that we have to come into communion with it, that there is a practice with it. We don't just go on Sunday and say, okay, check, you know, but that every moment is that experience. Mm-hmm. And we are rational beings. Yeah. And so we have to use that rational part of our mind to connect right Mm -hmm. pontificate is a bridge and it's just a bridge between us and others Mm -hmm. yeah i I use the example a lot of uh and some people will ask like hey i'm looking at astrology or hey we're Mm -hmm. looking at uh tarot you know tarot Mm -hmm. and and it's like what's the point well what's the point i'm like what's the point of a vacation do you have a point it's to experience (laughs) and then and then to your uh point when you're on vacation, what are you, are you just going to get there and stand? No, you're going to go on hikes. You're going to submerge yourself in the culture yeah. and, yeah. and you're going to walk the neighborhoods, walk the mountains, walk the beaches and, and understand you're going to commune with the experience. Yeah. There's no point to that. And also I would add to this analogy or <laughs> metaphor of vacation we're all, so many of us are living for vacation. And I think one aspect of vacation that makes it so special is the unknown. Yeah. Is you don't know if you're going to show up and you're going to miss your flight. You don't know if the accommodations are going to be everything that you dream them to be. You don't know if you're going to, you know, stumble into your new best friends that you make for life. You don't know if you're going to get lost together and get in a fight or you're going to, you know, have to go through something and bond with your partner. Like all these different aspects that, make vacation so wonderful is you know the unknown and the magic and the energy of it which is such a misconception that that is only a finite part of our life that really you can have that every single day depending on how you approach the you know your day you can engage with that every single day that yeah yeah, that is beautiful and really succinctly stated then you know that the divine is the mystery Mm -hmm. yeah Right? It's the magic yeah. and it is the unknown. And, and it's okay that it's unknown. I we mean, want it to I be unknown. Hope so. <laughs> if it is that which we, we, you know, praise and worship, it has to be unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, y- you're a, a great example. You mentioned nature and how you responded and that you're, you know, the way that you interact with the divine is through nature. And we are nature. And we had a, a recent episode actually dropped this this week where we, we were answering this question to each other for ourselves. You know, what are your thoughts on God? This and is a conversational G-spot yeah. for us. <laughs> it's going. I like G-spots. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I was reflecting on this question, 
um, I realized that, you know, growing up evangelical Christian, my whole life has been about prayer and church and making sure that you're in communion with God and thinking about Jesus and learning from the Bible and, and all these things that we're supposed to do to feel the presence of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying that I never did. I, I did certainly feel it mostly in worship with other people, which is the energy mm-hmm. of nature. Um, less so when I'm praying to God by myself, you know, doing, you know, crossing my hands and, and closing my eyes and reading him a sort of Christmas wish list of all the things that I want to go right in my life. Now, the way that I interact with God is smelling a rose or looking at his beautiful Gemini eyes, or standing on the beach with our toes in the sand, listening to the roar of the ocean, and just contemplating how freaking uh, the magnitude of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That is, I feel more God in those instances mm-hmm. than I ever did crossing my hands and closing my eyes mm-hmm. and praying to God the Father mm-hmm. that I was brought up with. I'm not saying that you can't feel that for anyone else out there, that's just not simply how I interact with yeah, God yeah. now. And uh, y- you've been a teacher of mine that showed me that like nature is God. God is nature. It is all of it. And you can interact with it through mm-hmm. nature, plants, animals, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. And in, in any way that feels like it's making that connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you cross your hands in that way and, you know, bend yourself like that is prayer prayer is anything that we intentionally want to connect Mm -hmm. with and there's no right or wrong way it's in I think uh, even as you're saying you know looking out at the ocean and I see that image in my mind's eye it makes me realize but I am the observer and as the observer I am the creator and Mm -hmm. I am the magician Mm -hmm. and so to give reverence to what I am observing is also to revere myself as the observer. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the interplay. It's mm-hmm. always the interplay and the experience and how, I mean, we can't be overstated that we are spiritual beings, yes, having mm-hmm. human experiences. We don't want to devalue those human experiences either, right? right. Because they are the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know we could go on yes, for <laughs> another hour and a half probably just on this one question alone, but thank you for mm-hmm for sharing your thoughts. Um, we were so aligned in so many ways mm-hmm. and we just love hearing different answers from people. It's so fascinating yeah. and fun how people encapsulate how they interact with God. And yeah. I, um, you should ask little kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we should. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great Yeah. Idea. We should ask, um, we should ask our little nieces and nephews Definitely. that we're going to yeah. see soon. Yeah. All right. So let's get into yes. relational astrology. And first off, I thought it would be helpful mm-hmm. For us and the listeners, Mm -hmm. if you could maybe go into like, let's clear the air a little Mm -hmm. bit with relational astrology. What are the greatest benefits of maybe having your chart read with your partner? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what are some myths and misconceptions Mm -hmm. about having this type of reading when people come to you, you know, what they're expecting Mm -hmm. versus what they receive? Okay. Okay. Let me start with that. 
um, there's there's a huge misconception about astrology because we're ignorant. Most people most people are ignorant about astrology and think that astrology is reduced to your sun sign, and your sun sign, you know, Gemini, Virgo, Leo, whatever that may be, spans 30 degrees. Every sign, like every month, spans 30 degrees. And so when we think about relational astrology, it's reduced to who is compatible with my sun sign. And our sun sign represents, it's our essence, it's what we're expressing, but it's also this process of becoming. So in other words, myself as a Virgo, I don't come into the world having all those Virgo characteristics. My life path is going to reflect back the archetype of Virgo, which is to say that I'm going to grow into it. So to say that my um, my compatibility is going to be reduced to who gets along with the Virgo, it completely, um, it, it annihilates all of the other aspects to an astrology chart. So in an astrology chart, you have several planets and you have a moon sign. And that moon sign is very, very important. In fact, it's more important than a sun sign when you're looking at compatibility Mm. because the moon reflects what our need is emotionally. It's how we feel safe. It's how we feel secure. However, the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So unless you're looking up your moon sign, we don't know that. It's not Mm -hmm. common knowledge. However, that would be the first thing that I would recommend to everyone is go find out your moon sign. It's really easy these days. That moon sign then is going to be more important in understanding who do I get along with? Because what do we want? We want to feel safe in a relationship. We want to feel secure. We want to feel seen. We want to feel comforted. We want to have an emotional connection. The sun is not about emotional connection. I mean, of course, if you're a, a cancer or a water sign, but the moon is. So the first misnomer is that we can reduce compatibility to sun sign astrology. And while there is, uh, while there are things that are important about that, it is not what is most important. Mm. Venus and Mars, I think that, you know, we, we know that as well to be ubiquitous to the feminine and the masculine. Venus and Mars are also in a chart. And what we want to look at is what's going on between two people's Venus and Mars, especially if it's a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. The other planets that are also involved are going to give us descriptions individually. And then we want to see the, I'm looking at the interplay of those. And I'll give examples as we move on. But the biggest misnomer is that you can reduce your compatibility to your sun sign. Yeah. It's not the case. Mm. That's, okay. that, yeah, that's, that's really a helpful. great uh, misconception to, to clear up. And then what would you say... Um, what would you say are the greatest benefits mm-hmm. to someone having a reading like this from, from you or another professional astrologer? May I turn that question back on both of you since yes. you've experienced yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, I would say uh, this something that I already touched on um, was re- astrology in general being a permission slip, knowing that there are different aspects to me and my chart that are completely different and unique than chase and that's good that's okay how do we then look at these different aspects and understand understanding my partner it just gives like a different um it gives more insight to why they may or may not do the things that they do Mm -hmm. and it doesn't i don't want it to be the same as me. His chart is completely different than my chart. But I, w- I would say going through the charts together as we were sitting in your office, it was a total therapy session, y'all. Like she went back to childhood 
big major major life events connection to dad and mom and I mean it was actual therapy for for us individually and together um and I would say just being present while you were reading his specific chart it it just layers on so much empathy for their human experience and I I feel like the more that we expose ourselves in relationship to regular empathy, that's where those bonds are kept. And that's where we can, even through the shit, even through the charged conversations, I don't forget about his humanness and his life experience and that it's completely different than mine. So those are just some of my Mm. first Mm -hmm. thoughts about it. Um, But I would say empathy for his human experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no that's huge Mm. um really really similar i think first and foremost for me it was it was a lane of self-discovery um not knowing anything about astrology and which which leads into self-love for me i think self-discovery is an act of self-love for at least myself from there i'm able to create you know the the common phrase of you can only love somebody else as much as you love yourself. So if I'm actually deepening and broadening my capacity for love for myself through self-discovery, it then opens me up to the, to understand and love her more, more deeply, Mm -hmm. um, empathize Mm -hmm. on a, on a new level, on a new scale. So that's kind of like point number one, Mm self-discovery, self-love, empathy. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that comes up for me is it's knowledge and it is kind of like sticking your foot in a river and getting familiar with where the current is taking you. And, and as I evaluate charts, you know, and, and as you evaluate them uh, with us, it feels like I'm picking up on the current instead of being happenstance blind to where it may take me. I might now be able to guide myself through this life boat on a river where I'm familiar with the current. Mm. And that's how I kind of look at astrology and then it, as it pertains to relationship it's collaborative it's co-creative mm-hmm. there's two people in the boat mm-hmm. picking mm-hmm. up on maybe different currents mm-hmm. and it's the ability to navigate those diverse you know energies that are coming into your life as you would on a boat with your partner through changing tides and currents and, and flows I think we had a nautical example last time. Yeah, yeah did we? That I yeah. loved yeah. as well. Yeah, setting your you, sails. Yeah, you are just yeah. such a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's beautiful. And and to, I guess, expound on that, um, and your experience of it is first, it's most important. And that's what I want people to walk away. I'm going to use the word, you know, I, I think that having a, the benefits of having your chart done in a relationship is that it normalizes things. And I'll say that, you know, that book, um, The Five Languages of Love, which, you know, became really popular and also normalized the differences mm-hmm. that we have. That's something that is incredibly important because we we are all uh, focused on ourself and we're focused through ourself. And so there is even an implicit expectation that others love in the way that we do and that others should communicate in this way. And so we go into 
into a relationship, not just with ourselves, but we also are carrying all of our baggage into that relationship and we're handing it over to the other person and we're saying, sort through it, take what you want and pack away, you know, the other. And these are energies oftentimes that are repressed in us or unconscious. And so when looking at a chart, what we're also looking at is how these differences, the unique individual, how they're going to come together and, and how they will either, how there will be ease with that and effortless flow, which is beautiful, and how there will be friction. Personally, I think the friction's better because, you know, that's my philosophy is that friction, you know, helps us grow. And it also then helps us become conscious of what's unconscious. So too much flow in a, in a compatibility chart, too much ease is boring personally, yeah. but it also, it, it doesn't yield any depth to the individual, right. which for some people that might be their value. That's just not my value. And so what we're looking at with two charts is we're looking at these energetic signatures and how those energetic signatures are going to be perceived by the other person, right? This is shadow. We're projecting onto the other, but also then how we are owning our own energetic, I'm calling them signatures, but energetic um, experiences and how we can collaborate and how we can come together with that other individual. And so there are bullet points in a, in a chart that I'm looking at that first and foremost, like where will there be ease and where will the tension be? Because the, wherever the tension is, I want to draw from the points of ease to resource yeah. th- those tensions. But we don't know how conscious the person is of their own shadow material. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm also evaluating in a relational um, comp- or chart is how self-aware the other individual is. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep, totally makes sense. I'm backing up a little bit. You, mm-hmm. know, you, talk, you say energetic signatures. So correct me where I'm, I'm yeah. wrong here. You're born at a specific location with a specific date and time. And, you know, astrology suggests that you're getting this imprint from the galaxy, from the, from the stars and the, the planet, zodiac. the zodiac, yeah. it, it energetically stamps you with a, uh, set, uh, almost like a profile based on where all of these, you know, planets and stars and things of that nature yes. are located. Yes. And so you're stepping into this life with a preset stamp. Then you have all of these, you know, parenting, programming, mm-hmm. culture, society, religion, that from that starting point is then manipulating you. Is nurturing. Nurture. Yeah. It's yeah. Nurturing the, the nature yeah. of who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with kind of both this, you know, nurture versus nature, classic. Not verse. Uh, nurture, nurture and, and nature. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and so as you evaluate folks, you're looking at both. Yes. I'm looking at how, you know, that individual's nature and the nature is the imprint, as you say, you know, this is the snapshot in the heavens at the moment that we're born, but nurture then will be how that the nature. So given, you know, you're, you're a Gemini and you were nurtured in such a way that though, that, that energetics of that, the energetics of Gemini has been formed. It's not the end of you, but it will have um, influence over how you express yourself. And relationships are the most important playing ground for us to heal, for us to come to know ourselves, but for us to also project all our mm-hmm. shit on the yeah. other person. Yeah. And so it, in that, in the field of relationships is where we have the most potential to grow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because the mirror is that much closer yes. versus someone on the street or an extended family member or right. whatever. The, the mirror is right next to you and all the time. And the desire to be with the other yes. is the glue in that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Our desire has power. I choose you to be in relationship with. Mm-hmm. My boss might piss me off the most and bring out that shadow material, yeah. but I don't choose yeah. that in the way I choose mm-hmm. my partner. Definitely. And, and another point that I kind of backing up, like a, a big takeaway for me from going through this work with you as it mm-hmm. pertains to relationship is personally it is wow I have I feel seen mm-hmm. which is therapy yes. which is freaking therapy oh yeah. my god I finally feel seen and then yes. it's powerful to witness your partner feel seen yeah. mm-hmm. because then you there's a seed that's planted that goes holy shit that's what she's like when she feels seen mm. I better start seeing her mm-hmm. or that's what she needs that's to what she feel needs seen. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Hey, homies, if you're anything like Chase and I, you really enjoy exercise and building a healthy, strong body. Obviously, what we do inside the gym is important, but what we do outside of the gym is just as critical to our success, like the supplements you're using to support your results. One of our favorite conscious body brands is called Keon. We've both been using Keon for a few years now for muscle building, strength, and recovery. Keon is well known for being super clean, super tasty, and super effective. Our supplement trifecta. Chase and I both use the aminos, the whey protein, and the creatine on a regular basis. Yes, creatine is for women too, and Keon's is top of the top shelf. To learn more about Keon, head to our medicine cabinet at themedicine.com and use the code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount on any and all Keon products. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I, we're probably due for another session and may, maybe it'll, <laughs> the itch will be scratched here a little bit today, but, um, if, if this is at all interesting to you as listeners, absolutely. Like that is your intuition nudging you right now. It's mm-hmm. going to whisper to you and nudge you until it's not a nudge anymore. It's mm-hmm. not a whisper. It's a scream. It's mm-hmm. a yell maybe from your partner or from life or from an event where it's like, look into this, yeah. you know, peel back the layers on yourself. Yeah. It's not so much <clears throat> about learning more about the stars and the planets and whatever, because like when we went, when we went and had a reading with you, you weren't even like using the terminology of astrology. Mm-hmm. You were saying what happened at seven years old. Mm-hmm. You weren't saying, well, your North node is at <laughs> 20 degree. You know, like it wasn't mm-hmm. that it was, tell me about dad and his drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. How did you? Mm-hmm. But it's because of what you're seeing in the chart. Yeah. So I just want to paint that picture for anyone. Like you don't get a, a lesson in the stars. Mm-hmm. You're getting, uh, you're peeling back the layers on yourself yeah. and these momentous, um, significant events in your life that could also be part of the, the nature. Yes. Nurture. nurture mm-hmm. Part of the nurture that is shaping these different aspects of your chart. Yeah. So it's all just understanding knowledge and, um, and bridging and and, yeah, bridging people together. And that, that is, you know, what, what I hope for people when I do this for them. And, you know, it, it, I want to say also that, 
you can do this. I, I did a family dynamics the other day where it was two children and a mother and father and did all of those charts and the interplay of that and understanding, you know, we travel together. We travel in these soul families. And what are the patterns? What are the themes that are going to be prolific in a family's chart, you know, between yeah. a mother and mm-hmm. a daughter, mm-hmm. between a father and a son? Because we often feel like we're alone here and we're just trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, we have all these allies around us. We just have to understand the energetics in that and so Mm -hmm. the other benefit to I think you know having a a compatibility chart is it also gives you knowledge into how you show up in relationships and what you need in Mm -hmm. relationships and I love nothing more than to watch two people you know you use this both of you use the word empathy is to be able to feel your partner You know, not see so much, you know, with your own perception, but be able to feel what it must be like to be in their Mm. shoes because Mm -hmm. that's deep empathy. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Uh, Very specific. A big takeaway uh, was my relationship to the feminine Mm -hmm. after our first session. And what what came out through uh, the reading and through the conversation was, you know, I have this like savior mentality as it pertains to the feminine. And it goes all the way back to my mom and and wanting to make sure she was okay at all times and that the house was okay and that, that she, and, and I would be stressed beyond belief when she wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And that has trickled into every feminine relationship mm-hmm. that I've had up to 30 years old. Mm-hmm. It was my work relationships, my friend relationships, clearly in my uh, romantic relationship. And since that time, the, the practice of just when there's something with, with, with Megan that is uh, causing her stress or dis- disease – I will be more of the container and more of just the safe mechanism versus mm-hmm. the, what can I do? You're crying. You're emotional. How do we fix it now? You, ha- you have mm-hmm. to be okay mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. that energy, which was just like so pervasive throughout my first 20 some years yeah, of life. Yeah. And it's, again, you speak to the archetype of your cancer moon. You know, the cancer moon is the mother Right. And, and I would dare say, and I, anybody can argue if they'd like, I love arguments, um, that cancer is, there will always be issues with mother. Mm. Issues are not negative, but they're issues. And so you are experiencing the protector in you. You are the mother, right? But your gender is not the mother. Right. And so your attempt to try to, you know, uh, you say save or protect others is really one of the ways in which you mitigate your own anxiety mm. the, yeah. that the Gemini, if I can take care of you and you're okay, then I feel okay. And so what, this is a beautiful example of how that is part of your nature. Now the environment provided an experience such that the nurture was that you needed to do that for mom, your whole sense of feeling uh, safe depended upon managing her emotional state. Mm. Right. And so, of course, you're going to bring that forward. But what's really cool about astrology is that we attract the perfect cast of characters for us to act that out. So in other words, mm. it's not good or bad. It's about balance. It's sure. in it's in an, an extreme or it's in an unconscious place. And so you attracted Mimi, who wants to be cared for and looked after in that way. Like she desires that in, mm-hmm. in, in a partnership, but she also in her own chart has to learn how to stand on her own. And so you see how the conundrum here is that if you keep acting out this compulsive need to protect, you stunt her growth. Mm. Now I'll flip it with her way. If she depends upon you taking care of her, she will not grow. 
right? Yeah. And so this and and you know her chart indicates that Leo need to like you you say it all the time. I have this permission to be myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, you being yourself is the essence of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like this is what Leo does. So a chart amplifies the areas in which we stand to grow the most. And then when I look at the partner, I go, how's that partner going to help them do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Let's get into some of the, you already mentioned some of them, Mm -hmm. but if we can look at our charts, Mm -hmm. Chase and I, uh, Adrian calls us Chimi. Um, If we can look at the charts of Chimi and maybe you can define some key aspects or terms and uh, put them into play uh, with real life examples sure. of our charts. And, if, if and again, all we did was supply uh, was our birth, exact birth date and time location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's an important piece. Um, oft, you know, sometimes people don't have the birth time and without the birth time, essentially I'm unable to cast where the planets are in a horoscope. Um, but even without the birth time, I'm still able to see what signs planets are in so i i just don't i don't want to discourage people if you don't have your birth time there's still a lot of rich information we can get into if you have it it's even better um all right so let me just kind of go through some of the jargon and um you know what is important when Mm -hmm. looking at a chart so we know the sun it represents our essence right it's the process of becoming it's who we are energetically the moon represents it's it's the yang energy if you will the moon represents the yin energy it's our emotions it's where we feel safe and it's our first attachment and that's very important because every relation I mean we're relational right and every relationship is some form of attachment I don't mean that in the Buddhist sense but literally in the emotional Mm -hmm. sense and so that moon holds much of the key around this person's attachment is it an anxious attachment is there avoidant behavior what do they need to feel safe Then we look at Mercury. Mercury is the planet that describes the way that we think and how we communicate, how we communicate, how we communicate. (laughs) Isn't that like the the foundation, the touchstone in relationship is that we need to be able to communicate. And so when two people's Mercury's in their sign, each planet is in a particular sign, which means that it expresses itself in a certain style. If, if each person's Mercury is in very different, incompatible signs, then their communication is going to suffer in some way. Mm-hmm. It's like one of them is speaking Chinese and the other is speaking, you know, I don't know, Arabic, and they can't quite understand each other. Then we have Venus, and Venus represents in... I, I don't want to be gender-based, but in a, a male's chart, in a man's chart, or let's just say in a more masculinely dominant chart, the Venus is going to represent the feminine. It's what we desire. And in a man's chart, the Venus might represent the ideal woman, mm. right? Or the ideal feminine, whatever that may be. It doesn't have to be a woman. And, and Mars represents the masculine principle. So what I'm looking at is how, what is the interplay with that? Is there compatibility there or incompatibility? And just those planets alone, which are called personal planets, Mercury and Venus and Mars, because they're the closest to the sun, those describe, I like the word use, profile for each individual. And I want to look for, you know, how do these people show up on a day-to-day basis in in their lives? Make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Any question? 
No, no. I think we're, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Then there's another layer to this in which there are aspects. Aspects are how the planets in each individual chart are in some sort of geometric relationship with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. The key word being relationship. And so each person's chart may have stress or pressure based upon the um, relationship between planets. For an astrologer, that's like the good stuff. We're looking at those aspects. And then I want to see, does the other person's chart, is there is there an energetic connection? In other words, very simply stated, each sign has 30 degrees. And what I'm looking at is the degree in each person's chart. The closer that it is together, the more, um, the more of a spark there's going to be. Okay, mm-hmm. so the further away that those those degrees are from each other, there's still kind of going to be a feeling, but it's really the spark that happens it, when the when those degrees are closer together. Mm-hmm. I'll give you examples as we move forward. Cool. So the the layer with that is now why do we attract this person into our life? What are they teaching me about myself? How does this interact with this like major issue inside me. And this is where it gets really good, but it also gets really hard in that way too. All right. There's mm-hmm. our, there's our frame and Great. our basis. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to repeat all of that, but mm-hmm. it, when you're talking about the geometrical shapes Relationship. and relationships, mm-hmm. um, are you talking about, because when you look at a chart, it looks, it's a, it's looks like a wheel mm-hmm. and each spoke is 30 degrees apart from each other. And are you looking at the geometrical relationship of the planets on that wheel, like where they show up? In relationship to each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To uh, move it away from the wheel, perhaps, and just how do those, how are those planets in relationship with each other? And and okay. is the relationship that they are in one of ease or is it one of tension? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because when it's one of tension, then that's where, that's what our issues are. That's the stuff we're working out in this lifetime. And when you have another person who makes direct contact through their chart with those aspects in yours, this is where the magic happens. But this mm-hmm. is also where the friction happens. Sure. Yeah. This is why, why we are drawn to and why we are repelled to others. Mm. Mm. Okay. So when you're looking mm-hmm. at Chase and I's charts, maybe what are, what's something that jumps out as, oh, they're going to have ease and flow here. And here's the something. The sun and the moon. They're, where they're, they're going to have some friction. Well, the, the first thing that I'm always looking at is what is the sun and the moon for each of these? And so, for example, you are a Leo and Chase is a Gemini. And this is sun sign astrology, but do those two signs work well together? Yes, they do. Air and fire. You, you are air, Chase, and you are fire, Mimi. Uh, those two signs create what's called a sextile. And, and that doesn't matter. But the point is, is that they understand each other. They're both masculine signs. Mm. And so there's an ease in that way. You two do life in a similar way, not the same. You know, totally. you're, you, you're Gemini and you're Leo. Then I'm looking at, okay, this, the moon signs. Your moon is Cancer and your moon is Libra. This is a good example where Chase's moon is water and yours is air. There's not 
not that much compatibility mm -hmm. in an air and water sign. I can find compatibility, but it doesn't blend well with each other. So what I'm looking at is I'm first taking, you know, taking that into consideration. And, you know, I would say, oh, well, geez, you know, her moon, it's airy. There's going to be a little bit more objectivity. You want to understand things. You're trying to talk about it. Where for Chase, it's water. It's subjective. I'm feeling this. You're drawing from your own personal experience. And Mimi feels better by, you know, taking that out and putting it on a nice shelf and looking at it and analyzing it, understanding it logically. And, and luckily, so we, let me first say, so that just by itself is like, oh, that's not similar. There, there might be a little bit of challenge there. However, you know, you are an air sign, uh, Chase. You are an air sign. And so your sun and her moon, your masculine principle and her feminine principle go well together. Mm -hmm. So this is where, again, it's not black and white. Oh, sure. well, they're fucked because they've got water and air. No, like I'm finding like, where are they going to connect? So you naturally do this, like, you know, being logical and looking at things objectively, even though what you need mm -hmm. is something more emotional. Go ahead. Got it. No, I, I love this. Um, I can see your <laughs> yeah. Gemini eyes. Go, go, go. Um, <laughs> two questions. Yes. One would be, what is an example of where either um, sun or moon would be in conflict? You know, we had a Leo and a Gemini, that, and that seems to be complementary. Complementary, good. Uh, what would be conflicting? Is that like Gemini on Gemini? No, no. It, what would be conflicting would be something, well, like we just, your moons. Your moons okay. are are conflicting in that they they don't have the complementary energy there but it's offset by the fact that your sun is an air sign okay. as well got it okay so so that was kind of my first question uh second question is just you know putting this into the practical leo gemini sun we are purpose driven you know we're very very kind of good at business doing things together very progressive mm -hmm. Um, evolving ourselves in, in self-development and spirituality. And, you know, we're really driven to make money and, and be, and, but not just money, but be just like successful have and, and have, a, have a legacy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. is that where you see the compliment uh, in the sun sign of, of Leo and Gemini taking, taking shape? Yeah. If you're saying are those characteristics yeah. of that? Yeah, absolutely. Those can be characteristics of those two signs. And I mean, I think that y you as a Gemini you, and Gemini cancer, you're very relational. Like you, you are, you need that, you, you need somebody to bounce ideas off mm -hmm. of. You need partnership. You need yeah. that relational aspect because Mimi has this Libra moon and she's a Leo. She too is relational. There is that need for partnership and equality, but, but Mimi's using this a little bit more to get to know herself. You are using this a little bit more to have deeper relational um, connection. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I want to back up a, a moment and say, though, that let's say that this, um, that, you know, your Cancer Moon and your Libra Moon, when it comes to what we need to feel safe, this is where we have the, um, the inside eye on our partner. So in other words, 
you know, Chase, you might need to feel safe and to feel secure. You might just need a little bit of alone time. You mm. need, might need to go for a swim. You might need to just regulate yourself emotionally. And, and if Mimi tried to um, soothe you through her own moon sign, then it would be discounting your needs. Mm. And this is where, have, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This is where having this knowledge becomes really important because now we are trying to tend to our partner's needs by needing to compromise ourselves a little bit. Sure. You know, uh, for example, I have a Sagittarius moon. And so for me, under emotional duress, I need to, I need to process, I need to go deep, I need to go there, but I'm quick to come out of it. My daughter, who I parented, has a Pisces moon. And she, ne- it's, she needs so much patience and emotional, you know, like reflection. My, the impatience of my Sagittarius moon doesn't do that naturally. Mm-hmm. So I have to make compromises yeah. to meet her needs. Mm-hmm. And because the two of your sun sign are in, you know, a complementary aspect, you're willing to do this. You mm-hmm. want to do this cool. for the other person. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes, absolutely. And and when you're talking about our moons having a little bit of, you know, uh, friction there or maybe disharmony, uh, disharmony um, and knowing our story of separating and then coming back together mm-hmm. and learning how to be more of ourselves so that we can be great together. Um when you knowing our story mm-hmm. and our chart, does that all make sense? That makes sense. Perfect that we for had to you, like for you, like saying yeah. that word again, we needed to separate so that we could, I could know myself better and come back together to be a better partner, mm-hmm. to know myself better, to be a, a better version of me, Leo, so that I could come back together and be a better partner, Libra. So you see, for you, that's what you, that's what you project outward because it's the essence of who you are. Mm. But I imagine that Chase might say it just a tiny bit different. Mm. What's your? Yeah, I mean, in the story of our relationship, I would have stuck with it. You know, I would have been like, even if it was miserable, I'd have been like, we're loyal, we committed to this, we're doing this with the hopes that we could yeah. work work you on did it say, and work you did through say it together. That. I did. I, mm-hmm. I literally did say that, and and I still to this day believe that it could it could have worked painfully and probably uh with more obstacles had we stayed together and worked through some of it i still think that that could be a possibility grateful for how everything happened and i see it working almost Mm -hmm. like a steroid shot into our evolution self-development and relationship progression Um, but i do still hold a lane or at least a cord of we could have gotten through it, even if it would have been slow and painful, um, <laughs> that we could have worked through it. Yeah. And it's beautiful because, you I mean, your moon in Cancer doesn't want to let go. It wants <laughs> to hold on. And your moon in Cancer also is in an aspect. So these are the geometrical shapes that we were talking about the, um, with Chiron. And Chiron is the wounded healer. So part of your evolution is to stay with the wounds, the emotional wounds, so that you can go deeper, so that you can have more empathy. But the downside of that is that you have a high tolerance to pain. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and this is again, you know, your Gemini energy will you will spin it in so many different ways, which are really just excuses for you to stay put where, you know, your Leo son is like, oh, shit, I got to do me like this has to I have to do me before I can be OK yeah. here. Yeah, that's where I would I don't disagree with Chase. I think that there is another dimension where we stayed together and we worked through our shit. I think that it would have taken 10 years yeah. versus three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying it couldn't have happened that way and that we could have gotten through it. Um, 
from my perspective, from my Leo lens um, and Libra moon, um, it feels more real to me that I needed to go find who I was and get to the bottom of my shit. Get, I don't think that I would have reached my rock bottom the way that I did mm-hmm. had I stayed with Chase. Same. Because you do have this savior. Like, I don't know if you would have let me go all the way to that rock bottom that I did go to mm. myself. Interesting. Yeah. The only way out of that was up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. How do I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was yeah. peeling back the layers on myself. Mm-hmm. So in from my perspective, I don't think that we are who we are today had we not separated. Totally. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so grateful for all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um and I think that I think that so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that co-dependence very good keeps you good from work. experiencing the yeah. the breakdown and the buildup of an independent spiritual journey. I think my pride would have kept me from going to that those depths, and I think your savior mentality would have uh, thwarted my efforts to go to in, in out sure. of love right sure. out of like no we can do this together not We're out in of it. love out of insecurity okay <laughs> love is pure like love doesn't have an agenda yeah no and attachment no attachment yeah. and and yet you what you yeah. speak to and i think the, that word is really important for for you chase is the codependence right because you needed to be sure that mom was okay so you could be okay so you you already are set up in such a way that you're other pe- you're managing other people's emotions to manage your own yeah. mm-hmm. and and for you Mimi what you speak to and this is where I'm going to start to pull in a little bit of the dynamics you you have your son in an aspect with Pluto and so it's a square this is the relational part of that so essentially your leoness is now sort of scorpionic it's sort of Pluto which is to say that, you know, for you, learning about who you are means that you have to blow shit up. It means that there has to be rock bottoms. Mm-hmm. Your experience of becoming yourself is transformative by way of extremes. And so you you see this through, I it had to happen this way. I had to face my shadow. I had to get down to the bottom. And what I'm looking at then is, are there any aspects, excuse me, are there any positions in Chase's chart that are directly correlated with that aspect in your chart. Mm. And so looking at that, you know, I see that for you, you are something, your Mercury is in an aspect with Pluto. So in other words, even though your Mercury is in the sign of Taurus and, you know, you like to talk things through and you're thorough and you create projects, like this Taurus, excuse me, this Scorpio energy also makes you somebody that you need to understand things inside out, which means that you have to understand the pain of something. It has to impact you emotionally so that you can understand and think about what that word means, under, right? You get Mm, under something because the mind wants to get above it and you're constantly needing to um, balance that within yourself, not to get too lofty in your head, but to understand something. So the two of you have this sinistry, if you will, which is why you said you said you sit around and like your G-spot is to discuss like the nature of reality, (laughs) right? This 
draws you together mm-hmm. in many ways, but it will also create tension in that there's a power play in this. Yeah. Yeah. It did create tension in part one of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Chase was discovering and peeling back some layers and wanting to go deeper and learning about psychedelics and these mm-hmm. other, you know, religions of the world and belief systems. And I wasn't there. And so it wasn't always a conversational G spot in no. part one. I would say it wasn't even a body part. It wasn't even, we had zero spiritual connection, Mm -hmm. which also, uh, it informs me now, like (laughs) why we fell, you know, like I feel like now our spiritual connection is so strong and such a significant piece of our relationship and our life together and what we create together that I can't even imagine not having that. And, but going back to the time that we didn't have that, it's easy to see now that that was also, um, playing into the downfall of our relationship. Yeah. 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 And if I could give you the, um, the astrology, the print to that. So Chase, you have an unaspected son, which is basically just terminology for your son is not making any dynamic relationships with other planets in the chart. It's an outlier, if you will. And when I see that in a chart, I'm looking for the other person. I'm looking to see, well, how does the, how does Chase then tune into Mimi? Is there, is there a similar um, point in which they're going to be, you're going to feel seen and heard because essentially people that have unaspected sons, they don't quite know who they are. They're meandering through life, trying to find where do they fit. And usually around a Saturn return, 29 or 30, they begin to feel like they're coming on, you know, that's spot on. And so for you in in Mimi's, and I'll say this, so Mimi's personal planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars are all in the same sign. They're all in the sign of Virgo Mm. and not everybody has this, but it is common. And the sign of Virgo is a mutable sign. And Gemini is a mutable sign. So I can see at the exact degree you have your son is at five degrees of Gemini. I want to go, well, where is five degrees of mutable in Mimi's chart? What do you mean by mutable? Um, so th- thank you. The signs besides elements, they're mutable. So they're cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Cardinal is initiators. You have a cancer moon. You initiate emotional relationships. Fixed is it is maintaining and building and sustaining energy. You are a Leo. You have a fixed energy. You need to build and sustain and hold that fire. You are the fire of the hearth. Then mutable is changeable. It's adaptable. Mm. It's moving. Gemini and Virgo like are mutable. transmutable. It, yeah, I guess we could say that. It, it's changeable. It's okay. adaptable. Okay. Okay. And so what I'm looking at in aspects are how these uh, modes is what they're called, how these modes match up with each other. That's how you look at aspects. And so Gemini and, and Virgo and Pisces and Sagittarius are all mutable. And for the sake of this example, your sun and your Mercury and Mars make this direct aspect. It's like you have a, you know, a plug and you just plugged it into the socket. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at the symbolism. Okay, for Mimi, this is in Mercury and Mars. Mercury and Mars get together, and this is like agitation of the mind. In in Virgo, it's the need to know. It's the need to analyze. It's the need to get underneath. It's the need to refine and to fix things and to systemize things, to understand the practical implications of knowledge. 
Gemini's knowledge for the sake of knowledge, knowledge because I might need that sometime and I can talk about it and I can make these connections where for you, Mimi, it's like, I need to know knowledge that's useful and practical. Mm -hmm. And so the two of you have this interplay. And even though what I just, you know, described might be a little bit dissimilar, knowledge for the sake of use, knowledge for the sake of knowledge, it's still what draws the two of you together. Mm -hmm. And so communicating, and now this turns Chase on in such a big way, yeah, in in, in that, (laughs) Because, I mean, your Gemini son feels like, oh, wow, I get to talk. I get to communicate. I get to be seen. And and even better, she puts it into some sort of order to keep me on track. Yeah. And so this is a huge connection that the two of you have in that way. What it also, though, indicates is that Mimi may get a little bit um, exacerbated with your broad knowledge and want you to narrow it down and stick to topic. Yeah. Right. And, mm. and so you help each other in that way. And equally, you might help her expand on something and see all the connections and correlations. Yeah. One of the best decisions I ever made for my overall health was getting completely off moldy coffee. If you are on a mission to get to the bottom of mystery symptoms and feel your best in life, this is something you need to know about. I have now lost count of the hundreds of people who tell me they have given up on coffee and caffeine, not because they wanted to, but because they thought they had to, because every time they drink it, they feel shaky, anxious, brain foggy, have skin reactions, or digestive issues. I then explained to them that, my love, you are more likely having a reaction to the mold and pesticides in your coffee, not the caffeine. The sad and shocking reality is that up to 91% of coffee beans used in America are contaminated with mold, not to mention the 42 different chemicals and pesticides sprayed on most coffee beans before they are even harvested. So if you have persistent, unexplained brain fog, sore joints, fatigue, immune issues, or other mystery symptoms, it could be from moldy coffee you are unknowingly pouring into your precious body every day. No pill, no potion is going to help us feel better if we don't first remove the negative stimulus, like the moldy coffee. Here's the great news. If you love coffee, you don't have to give it up. Every day I drink delicious, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that supports my overall health in the best way. It's my Reishi King Coffee. King Coffee is organic coffee mixed with the spores from Reishi mushrooms. This unique and potent combination allows me to enjoy coffee while also supporting my hormones, my immune health, my nervous system, my digestion, my mood, my stress levels, and so much more. If King Coffee was a pop star, she would absolutely be Beyonce, potent and divine. If you love coffee, I invite you to ditch the mold and try King Coffee for yourself. It was one of the best decisions I ever made for my health. I can't and won't go back. To learn more about what makes Reishi Spores and King Coffee so unique, you can check out episode number six of this podcast. And to grab your King Coffee, do not buy on Amazon. That is illegal and expired product. Instead, go to themedicine.myorganogold.com and search for King Coffee. You can also just check the show notes or my Instagram bio for a direct link. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Cheers, boo. 
Uh, this is so spot on. And, um, memories are coming up of part one. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't like looking at porn or cheating or drinking or anything on the side. I was studying like philosophy and psychology <laughs> yeah. and world religions and psychedelics in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just tortured me not to be able to talk about it. Every time I did, it was, it was, it was not good. In part two, as we're back together, like, like I said, this is our conversational G spot. These are our lanes mm-hmm. where we have connection. This is, you know, sex for us. It's freaking perfect. Love language. Um, and uh, <clears throat> a, a very specific moment, you know, very only months into us being back together, we take some mushrooms. We have just this profound experience together. And we're back here in my condo, and and Megan goes and grabs her Bible. And at the time, she's still a practicing Christian. And she opens it up, and she starts scrutinizing, uh, you know, Words from Jesus. Words from Jesus and really evaluating them and asking them what the, what the, you know, deeper meaning and what the archetype behind these symbols and metaphors are. And I'm sitting there like literally half mass, like (laughs) almost like, oh my God, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. Uh, It was the first time I literally said out loud, I was like, Jesus was a hippie. (laughs) Jesus was a poet hippie. And I, 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 I understand now after that journey with Chase, like I was like, Oh, I get it. When he said the kingdom of heaven is within you, mm-hmm. but it just, it just, yeah, that, that limitation on our conversational dynamic yeah. that just blew the lid off of it mm-hmm. has uh-huh. been the foundation of, of but part two. It was me mm-hmm. finding it for yes. myself. Yep. It wasn't you, the beautiful Gemini wordsmith creating this beautiful picture for me to go along with, because that would never feel authentic to me. It had to be me deconstructing my own beliefs and then stepping into, okay, what do I believe? What do I want to believe? What makes sense to me in a way that I can now live out Mm -hmm. with some practicality? And one of my Mm -hmm. biggest lessons on love from our divorce, and it took me years to realize this, Mm -hmm. we hadn't been back together yet. I only embodied real love when I came to the realization that I wanted the best for Megan. I wanted her healthy, well, balanced, completely independent of what it would mean for me, mm-hmm. completely independent of whether that meant we, I would never talk to her to her again or whether we you know, would get back together. All I wanted was a completely unattached wellness for mm-hmm. her, regardless of what it meant for me. That was when I... F- freaking realized that is embodying love it is the the understanding that you have to independently fill yourself up regardless Mm -hmm. of what it means for me yeah and it and it is an expression of your love of your you know again I come back to this moon in in cancer essentially you just said it in another way I'm put her needs before my own yeah right and you've been doing that since you were a child Right. And so what I think is really powerful in what you're saying, though, is that now when I look at that relationally, um, your moon, as we've said now many times, is in the sign of cancer. That point, 15 degrees in Mimi's chart is um, an an angle. So in a horoscope, as you noted, it's a wheel. And in that wheel, there's a cross which that cross is our four different angles. Ascendant. People throw that around mm-hmm. all yeah. the time. Like Rising. my ascendant sign, yeah. that, su- that ascendant is an axis point, which means there's a descendant. Equally so, there's another line that goes down. What direction is that? That's 
Um, vertical. No, vertical, right. Thank you. Yeah. And each of these angles actually is correlated with an equinox and a solstice. Like today is the solstice. And, mm-hmm. and that puts us at, the, at an angle in the horoscope. All of this to say that when one person's planet makes contact with another person's angle, this is like, whoa, turns it on. So your moon, which is the most important sign, or yeah, sign for you in a relationship, falls dead on what's called her nadir. And the nadir is the fourth house, which is the place of safety and security. It's the moon. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the most important um, connections that the two of you have. Mm -hmm. So when you say, like, I wanted her to feel basically safe being her, Mimi feels within herself, you are that root. You Mm -hmm. are that safety. It's, it is a divine connection here. And let's say that, you know, you're not her lover, but you're uh, like somebody she meets and she's like, I don't know why, but I feel so connected. I feel so Mm -hmm. safe with them. They make me feel understood. They make me feel heard. And I might think like, hmm, I wonder if that person's moon is on that person's angle. Mm -hmm. So the two of you have this, um, this business this emotional business Mm. to do in this lifetime. And for Mimi, you represent an access point to her own emotional depths. Mm. Let me say that again, because it's important. You represent an emotional access to her deepest understanding because Mimi doesn't have very much water in her chart and you are a water moon. So she accesses her own internal guidance system emotionally, mm-hmm. not, not intuitively and instinctually through your love. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense mm-hmm. for both of you? Yeah. yeah. I think when, when we came and saw you, the, the first session that we had with, uh, reading with you and you were going through this part, this, um, this relationship, um, sinistry, you framed it in a way where it was like, you are chase you are home very good like home and just to just to give the the backstory of um in in the 3d world how that shows up for me i've had more parents than i can count um come from a blended family i don't have a childhood home like we moved probably 20 times throughout my childhood and i never have felt like oh this is my home this town is my home this house is my home um you know having so much change and uncertainty as a child that was things felt tumultuous all the time and so yeah it created resiliency in me but it also felt like I always kind of envied Chase and that he had a very like distinct childhood home. Mm -hmm. And when you framed it in the way, when you were working with us, that Chase is home for me, something clicked so hard in me where it was like, oh my God, that's it. Like, look at my life. Look at my childhood. I don't have like a quote unquote home. And so it makes sense that meeting you at 16, there was something that was like, this is, there's something here that makes me feel at home Mm. and it clicked so hard. So everything that you're looking at in the chart, like I've seen play out in my life. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's really rad about this too, is that, you know, what, what you just shared, Chase, like for you, the experience was, this is home, you know, this is where I feel safe and, and feeling home is, is really just a returning. It's a returning to ourself. And so again, Chase provided that access for you to feel seen, 
for mm-hmm. you to the permission to mm-hmm. just be you. And what did you say? You said I put her needs first. I wanted her, I wanted her to be her. And that's the most loving gift that you can give a Leo with a Libra moon. <laughs> yeah. And so again, it's like these these energies are facilitating magic. I I also want to add because I think it's important. So my ascendant, my rising sign is at 17 degrees of Cancer. Your nadir, that angle is 17 degrees of Cancer. Mm. Your moon is 15 degrees of Cancer, which puts it within orb. You both refer to me as what? Fairy godmother. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's a home there. We have this sinistry Mm -hmm. that's there energetically. You can't describe it. You could say, oh, I like her. You know, she makes me. But energetically, we're we're connected. Oh, I felt it. We felt it the the first first time that we interacted with you um, at a friend's house. We didn't know you. You know, you were leading this. Um, ceremony that we were a part of when we left that and we were, we were like uh, we need to know her we need to get <laughs> yeah. her on the podcast whatever she has like we want to be a part of it yeah, it was familiarity it was, yeah. yes it family. was instant yeah. mm-hmm. totally and there's cancer it's familiarity it's family mm. and so that's what we crave and the, and so the the fact that the two of you have that you know and then your history and the story it's like duh, duh. you know it, yeah. it will always be there mm-hmm. so then going beyond that and sort of looking at some of um, what I'm then looking at is the um, the condition that each person's uh, planet is in. So your moon is in this condition that makes you somebody that is learning how to connect and attach, but also manage the impermanence of things. In other words, like you're going to have anxiety when you feel your, you can't understand your partner's needs, what's going on for them. And, and Mimi is, Mimi is dramatic by nature. And dramatic just means that you're going to have big flows of emotion. There are going to be big things Mm -hmm. that are going on. And that tickles the part in chase that is like, hold on, what's going on? And, and it's energetically, yeah. but you know what, what I would counsel and counsel you is before, and you've said it, before you jump in to try to understand and get her to explain and describe, just sit back and watch the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's something that we've, we've, uh, started to understand and embody mm-hmm. a little bit more is me allowing mm-hmm. myself because sometimes it doesn't always feel pleasant or, mm-hmm. um, attractive to be that dramatic, but it feels good for me to get to express. Yes. But oftentimes I'm telling myself, is this a burden to him mm-hmm. to figure out? Mm-hmm. How can I water this down? How can I dilute this a little bit? And I, I'm coming into like, I don't want to dilute myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at the same time, you know, becoming aware and having us lean into like Chase's understanding of she just needs me to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told him before many times I just need a hug from you. Mm -hmm. Like I just need to know that you're here and you've got me like holding space for me Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, energetically. I don't need a necessarily a solution. Mm -hmm. Um, But but that'll be hard based upon, you know, what I just said to you about your, the Virgo and Gemini, you already naturally have an affinity to want to analyze each other, to Mm -hmm. want to figure it out, to want to. So, so your, your task in this is to be patient first with it, Mm -hmm. to allow the timing of it to unfold either naturally or for you to initiate that timing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a beautiful thing, but it can be overused. Totally. Uh, I f- usually have a solution. <laughs> so you think. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I, I do sit 
back and really, really try to tune into when there is a, a, a genuine request mm -hmm. to solve. Yeah. And that is usually the, the access point to mm -hmm. collaboratively work through something. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes mm -hmm. her senses are profound. And even if it is, you know, emo uh, expressed dramatically, there's real truth to it mm -hmm. that can be very impactful and healing for me that I've numbed myself to mm -hmm. for the sake of just being, you know, forward thinking. I've numbed myself to uh, a nudge that she's picking up that, that needs to be surfaced so that we can evaluate it, collaboratively, collaboratively work on it together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you do well. And, you know, that's what the two of you do well together. There's, it's interesting, even as you're saying that too, I think, um, you know, Mimi, you, in, in your chart, Venus, which as we said, you know, this Venus describes the style in which what we desire, what we love, it is the feminine. Your Venus is unaspected in the same mm -hmm. way that your sun is unaspected. And so I am looking then and saying, okay, well, where is that access point in, in Chase that Mimi can feel like she can get her desires met? And v Venus in Virgo is kind of fickle. It doesn't really like to be there it's you know it, it is it, it goes between being you know the frigid uh, and the whore like there is like <laughs> it, it a lot of that energy it's looking for an outlet in that way and for you that that it's a little bit challenging because there's not a point it's 18 degrees of mutable that naturally flows into that but as a mutable sign and this sun sign that you are you're you again are striving to try to get her to come out of herself in that way and what I'm looking then is saying okay well where is Mimi going to feel most um beautiful and beautiful, not on the outside, but just mm -hmm. like, where can I be in myself? Chase, you, and this is where I look to the other person's Mars. Your Mars is in the sign of Pisces. Also, not a great place for it to be. Pisces, want, or excuse me, Mars wants to be strong. It wants to be a warrior. And Pisces is more like a peace lover. Mm. And so it actually works for both of you, though, because now Virgo and Pisces are opposite signs. And that means that there is this connection, your Venus, which is your feminine, and your Mars, your masculine. Yes, they're in this opposition with one another, but an opposition isn't negative. There's a flow of energy. Mm -hmm. yep. And so when you want to push into that critical place in yourself, and it's difficult for you to just let go, his Mars is like, oh, please, just let go. Mm -hmm. He is He's seducing you out of that place to be overly critical in yourself mm -hmm. by way of um, not responding to all of the critical, uh, in other words, trying to fix those things, mm -hmm. I hope. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. rather just to hold that space for mm -hmm. you to, for you to unpack that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a good flow in this, which could also, and this is why it's never good or bad, which can also sometimes feel like you may feel from Chase with his Mars and Pisces that that there's there's just too much you know mm. it's it's flowing all over the place right like a dam versus i just need you to be here with me now mm. so you, you see how there's a spectrum of energy it's not good or bad it just depends on how it gets mm -hmm. worked out yeah mm. yeah no that that resonates for sure yeah so if as you're looking at those different aspects mm -hmm. um is there anything that we can be doing to lean into the beauty of what you just said rather than the 
polar opposites how do we make them polar um complements yeah and 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 they'll they'll swing from extremes but actually i'm glad you asked that question because where your venus does get to access is for chase it's the area that represents um what you do in the world and you guys are collaborating you're Mm -hmm. doing something in the world so your practical venus is like this is great i get to do in the world with my partner Mm -hmm. and you know for you it's a natural way to draw mimi out out of herself by being like, look how amazing you are. Let's do this together. Mm. And so it, it, to access that, it is through what you're contributing to the world, cool. both of yeah. you as a team. Yeah, It's so funny listening to you re- relay this because you're literally quoting specific conversations mm. that we've yeah. had just us two. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you have no idea, but you do, um, <laughs> y- you know, that you're quoting exact conversations that uh, we, we've had together. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's incredible. Every time uh, we do this, I'm just like blown away. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what else are you seeing on, on our charts or that you would, you would specifically look at, um, as it, as it pertains to compatibility? Um, or if there's any like red flags that even Mm -hmm. if they don't show up on ours, what you're looking for. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one the, again, one of the red flags that I'm looking for, if you, I'm always starting with the person's individual chart because it doesn't matter right. like how great it is when it comes together, but what about that person's individual? And, you know, in the area of love and relationship for you, Chase, there's your Venus is in Aries. And for a man that has Venus in Aries um, or a more dominant energy, this is one where you, you need a lot of attention from your lover. You want to be central to that person and you'll go about it in a very cancer way, which is like, you'll need me, you know, I'm emotionally available and then you'll think I'm number one. And it's, it's compounded with duty and love. There is a deep seated feeling in you that you have to do something to be loved. That just in essence of who you are is, doesn't deserve that love. And that's one of the things you're working out in this lifetime. Now that is, you know, that's a heart, what's called a heart aspect in yours. When I look over and I go, well, how does this person's, how does this person trigger? That's the key word. does this person trigger this this complex inside of you well guess what her moon your moon which is very important your moon is not under a lot of stress and so that's good you have a sense of your emotional needs like you're 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 strong in that place it makes direct aspect with that part of you that is like i'm just trying to be loved here and so in an ideal sense you you understand his emotional needs and you give him a lot of attention but what you're also learning because you have a libra moon which is about balance is not to do too much of that mm. because he will become dependent mm-hmm. upon needing your validation to feel loved so internally you're going to feel sometimes hopefully that uh, this is a cancer moon his neediness like i need you i need you and 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 you are going to rebuke that in some way and and help him to come back to owning himself loving mm-hmm. himself and this is what you said self love helps me be a better partner yeah mm-hmm. and so you do that by way of your own emotional growth you feed into what chase needs to feel loved and to feel appreciated but to feel independent mhm yeah yeah Oh, it's yeah. so spot on. Spot on. You know, some of my biggest breakthroughs in life have been separating myself from the attachment to needing validation mm-hmm. from my parents, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. my siblings, um, from my bosses or coaches or whatever. I mean, think about the literally yesterday on the beach, we're having this conversation. You said to me, 
I, I was mentioning that responsiveness is a, is a likable uh, trait that people recognize in you mm-hmm. as a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, yeah, I make myself valuable to people mm-hmm. yeah. by responsiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's also, Perfect. that's also what's happening with us is that, you, and I love this. I love this. I want you to be valuable to me, but I like wh- how you're spinning it too, where it's like you can recognize that in your partner, see them as valuable, and then almost turn them back to themselves mm-hmm. as seeing what they want also others to see. Yeah. And you, and it's good in that because when there's a complex, like what we're talking about right now for people that might have a little bit of astrological knowledge, what I'm speaking to is Saturn and Venus in an aspect with each other. And, and when we have this, it's unconscious, which means we're projecting it outward. And that is one of the ways in which we're integrating it. So in other words, Chase, like it's okay that you need that validation. It's okay that you need to feel emotionally connected to others by way of making yourself valuable through your mind, through your thoughts, through your ability to connect. It's the essence of who you are. Yeah. It's when it's imbalanced in that there's an insatiable need for it and you can't fulfill it on your own. Mm. And this is another beautiful quality. Your partner that you chose is a Leo with a Libra moon, essentially the embodiment of using relationships to learn about self, to accept self. She's teaching you that by way of being, but in order to do that and in relationally, she is going to need to rebuke or, um, it will almost feel like a, um, an abandonment in some way. And so even when I hear you both speak about part one and part two, right? Part one, I'm hearing Mimi be like, yeah, it was great. I needed it. It was wonderful. Like I needed that space. And you're like, well, I would have stuck it out, you know? So you speak to your moon again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're teaching each other how to grow. And when we teach each other how to grow consciously, it means that we have to own our Mm -hmm. own complex. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we become dependent or pissed off at the other person for making me feel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that could be at the crux of a lot of my authority issues is that coaches, religious leaders, you know, went to Christian school Mm -hmm. growing up. There was such a manipulative um, realization that I would deliver. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it was a one-sided relationship where it was like, let me squeeze the all the resources out of this asset and then dispose of them mm-hmm. type of uh, relationship. <laughs> and it's it's to the point where I have this authority issue. It's most authority figures. I'm a major fuck you. Um, and, and at this point, only choose to gift my responsiveness to those who want to collaborate, co-create, mm-hmm. and look at look at the relationship as truly that, a relationship. Yeah, and and I want to just uh, reframe that, the quality of your responsiveness. Mm. You are a Gemini with a Cancer moon, a water moon. You can't help but be responsive. Yeah. Mm. But when you call that back, then you call back your energy and mm. you choose how to be responsive yeah. because that is the most beautiful quality about you is that you, you're a people person. Yeah. You are responsive to other people's needs, but not at the expense of your own. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Spot so on. There's another aspect of the chart I want to speak to that there's a nice blend. So what I'm also looking at in two people's chart, and this is where you need the birth time, is to see what is on the cusp of the seventh house. In other words, the opposite of the ascendant is called the descendant. And this represents the area in a person's life that is their relationship. And so in a romantic relationship, what I'm looking at is, for example, Mimi, you have 
Scorpio on the cusp of that. So in other words, you are going to draw to yourself like what you will be attracted to are Scorpio-like people. I want to further this for people that might have astrological knowledge. Um, Mimi also has Pluto, which rules Scorpio almost on the cusp of that as well. So I say this to say you need an intense relationship. Mm. You want somebody that's going to challenge you, that's going to help you break down your walls, somebody that is going to reflect your shadow, somebody that they themselves might be a little bit of a risk taker or there's Mm -hmm. something deep and mysterious that you need to have that intensity. Without that intensity, it won't keep your attention. But equally so, that intensity can also be dramatic and overwhelming if it's not, if you're not balanced within Mm. yourself. Now, Chase, you don't have necessarily, you don't have Scorpio in, in your chart in that way. But I said to you earlier, Mercury is in this aspect with Pluto. So the way you think and communicate is through this lens that is very attractive to mm. you. So there's a correlation there. Not to mention that Scorpio is also a water sign. You have a water moon. So you need that deep emotional connection. You want to merge with mm-hmm. your partner. And so does Chase. He naturally does that. Now, what's, what's cool is... Y- Chase, you have Leo on your seventh house. Oh, duh. That's pretty straightforward. You have attracted this Leo woman, right? And there's something about people that stand in who they are, that know who they are, that express their heart, that express themselves, that is really attractive to you. You need that. And thus we have, you're beautiful. Okay, you may have never done this, but next time you brush your teeth, turn your toothpaste tube over and take a look at the ingredient list. You'll probably see things like sodium fluoride, or sodium lauryl sulfate, or sorbitol, or artificial colors like blue dye number one. These are major hormone and gut disruptors. Do you see glycerin in the ingredient list? That's made from GMO vegetable oil, my love. It's toxic to your cells and actually blocks your saliva from doing its job in mineralizing your teeth. As a registered dental hygienist and lover of true holistic health, I quit using commercial toothpaste and dental products a long time ago. They just do not meet high standards for long-term health, no matter what seal you see stamped on the front of the tube. The ingredient list doesn't lie. If a product is going into my mouth and into my body multiple times a day, every day, in my opinion, it should be clean, reliable, and free of hormone disruptors and gut irritants. Which is why Chase and I have completely made the switch over to Living Libations Dental Products. They are packed with ancient healing herbs, gentle oils, and alkaline buffers. Our favorite is the Neem Alkalinizing Toothpaste. Only a tiny dot is needed, but you'll feel your whole mouth come alive as it breaks up bacteria colonies that cause bad breath while keeping your saliva alkaline, which is essential for a healthy mouth. Not to mention your teeth will feel super smooth and polished. To try for yourself, go to livinglibations.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. They have a wide variety of products to choose from and amazing customer service if you have any questions on which product is right for you. When we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. Thank you for explaining so cool. that. Those are things that, you know, are the 
the nuance and the fine details. Yeah. I think the fine print uh, mm -hmm. when looking at and doing this for how many years have you been doing this? Oh, like 20. Oh, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's like reading another language. You know, I look at this and it looks like symbols and, mm -hmm. you know, mythology and, <laughs> I, you know, basically Chinese. And I'm like, and you're reading it like a book. Mm -hmm. And it's so mm -hmm. cool. It's, oh, it's so cool to witness. Um, I would love mm -hmm. to, um, we've, we've gotten a great look at your chart, my chart and mm -hmm. how they, with the synastry together, I would love to transition a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, into this other couple that is very close to us. We're, we're keeping their names anonymous just for privacy. Um, but this, this couple was married within the last two years, about a year and year and a half, mm -hmm. year and some change. And, um, they also have like a six month old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which could be an interesting Four, dynamic yeah. as it pertains to parenting as sure. well. Yeah. Um, and they, they got married during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, mm -hmm. um, had to reschedule their wedding three times. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was a crazy time for both of them. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to, to bring this couple on and, and they offered their birth information so that they've never had any sort of astrological reading separate or together or anything. And so I know they are interested to hear your take on their union and their their charts as they relate together okay i'll refer to them as he and she then yeah perfect just for simplicity yeah yep. um all right well uh again tr uh, approaching this in the way that i do and looking at you know first their sun signs so he is a gemini and she is a virgo um, and so that right there, you know, the mutable, what I was talking about before. So there's a natural square between Virgo and Gemini, which means that yes, there's going to be tension, but there's, but that tension and friction is also connection. We mm. want something that is connecting at least at, uh, you know, this, this particular, um, crossroad. And so for her, she's also, she's actually the sun and moon in Virgo. Wow. His moon is in Scorpio. So her sun and moon make a direct aspect with his sun in Gemini and as it should be also his Venus in Gemini. So the first thing that I'm looking at there is like, yeah, of course they're connected. You know, for, for her as a double Virgo, she is going to be really concerned with doing things right. Like that probably mm -hmm. really, really bothered her that things were not getting done mm -hmm. correctly. She's a little bit more intense in terms of the details and maybe even perfectionistic things need to be right he's going to be a little bit more laid back on the surface you know things are easy and and because they have this sinistry this ability to he will understand her her need for all these little details mm. and and maybe you know even some of the um anal retentiveness that she might have he'll understand it and understand how to just be easy with it okay yeah. tell her right through the magic of words just what she needs to hear to calm it down but not talk too much about it because then she it will amplify that anxiety he also has this Scorpio moon so even though what you see on the surface is light and easy and and easygoing he's not under the surface he is equally as intense as her mm. he just has learned how to hold that energy mm. he learned he is very um he can be emotionally controlling not of others but of himself mm. and so that intensity he has internally where she has externally you understand mm -hmm. yes yeah and so there's a simpatico there and his scorpio moon and her virgo energy is it also is um it's aligned it works well together so he needs to feel you know deeply emotionally safe mm -hmm. and 
and and that need for safety is something that she takes very serious, mm. sometimes too serious. And there might be the tendency for her to want to mother him, for her to want to take care, to fix for him. And his Gemini energy is one that's like, yeah, that's good. It's easy going. It's fine. But internally, it's not fine. And he needs his independence. He needs to feel self-sufficient. And so where when this works well together, which when it works well, it means that they are conscious of this dynamic then she will not have as much anxiety around needing to fix everything for him because he needs to speak or to express his need for his need for a little bit of independence Mm -hmm. you know his need for space to go into himself and not have to talk everything through so I want you to hear what I'm saying here his moon in Scorpio and his Gemini sun, they are not aligned. It is a very different energy internally. One on the surface that is lighthearted and, and expressive and communicated, but under the surface, it's very different. Okay? Mm. She also straddles both of those things. She, as a, as a Virgo, you know, she is, is personable. She wants, she's communicative. She's service oriented, but she's also intense. So you see how she straddles what can be the conflict internally in him. Follow me? Yes. Mm -hmm. If he is not attuned to that shadow quality in in himself, it will make her more anxious. Mm. It will make her need to know more, which butts right up against what he's trying to say, like, hold on, give me some space to just like internalize this so that I can come together. So they have an interesting, um, they have an interesting connection here because it's, it's very, I mean, we could say this for everybody, but they very much need to be conscious of their own emotional needs in order to communicate that to the other. Mm -hmm. Otherwise he is, is too laissez-faire, too just easy with things when he doesn't mean to be. And she may be a little bit too controlling and over the top when she doesn't need to be. Mm -hmm. He triggers that in her when he doesn't reveal how he truly feels. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, yeah. yeah, just like her as a Virgo, double Virgo, wanting to know details and why and make sure things are good, things mm-hmm. are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is, is kind of easy and chill on the surface, but deeper, like she understands on a deeper level that like, no, there, there's more under the surface that maybe you're not showing me or telling me. And then that can create anxiety if he's not willing to open up those spaces and kind of reveal that to her. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. And and, and some of this is not even, may not even be conscious. Like, you know, he has such a deep reservoir of emotion that that can be a bit scary for him. Mm. You know, Gemini are, are light and frivolous. They don't necessarily want to dig deep. They are, are happy to talk about it, but that Scorpio moon is very deep. Mm. He also has an aspect in his chart that suggests that they're, you know, that uh, his masculinity, that power, that dominance over is not comfortable for him. He may have had an experience earlier on where his, uh, you know, father figure or, you know, the the masculine, maybe the authority, that it, it, it was unsafe, that power was not a safe mm. place. So on some level, he may not be comfortable with his own power, and which means that he may abdicate power. He may give it over, and she will very easily pick it up and control. She's good at that. She's great at managing things. But that then doesn't, I'll use your word, doesn't give him permission 
to feel into his own mm. depth. Okay. And, and I want to go back to that aspect I was referring to in him that is a really challenging aspect. This is a great example where I'm going to look at her chart and I'm going to say, how does that feed into it? Because that's going to be a big trigger. It's also going to be an opportunity for learning, but it will also be a dumping ground. In other words, it will be a point that they keep coming back to. Um, she doesn't have anything that directly uh, touches this point in him. Hmm. So the positive side of that is great. You know, he's not going to project his uh, control issues or his issues with dominance onto her. She doesn't have a spot that it holds hmm. very easily. You follow me? Yep. Yeah. However, for her, she needs him to be strong in his masculinity. Yeah. And that's hard for him. And so she may idealize that in him, but yet feel that she has to compensate. She needs to be in control. Mm. And so I see that for him, he is, he wants to be, I'm going to give the astrology for this. So he's got Mars in Aries. Mars in Aries is a strong placement. Mm -hmm. And her Jupiter, which is the sign of, you know, what she needs to feel meaningful in life, what she strives for. There's a connection here. These two people chose to do the work in this lifetime. They chose to really uh, grow from one another. You, you mentioned something at the beginning I think is interesting. However, she could very easily get bogged down by responsibilities and details, like being a mother right? That requires a mm -hmm. lot. They, I, I hope that they had a lot of time to get to know each other before they jumped into this responsibility because they need a deep connection, an honest, deep connection of knowing each other before they jump into the business of life. Mm. Because the business of life might be where they project all of their struggles then instead of coming back to the safe container mm. of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's super insightful. Yeah. And I'm just like playing them out in my mind, what I know of them and their connection together. And um, it seems like from an outsider's perspective, um, you know, they didn't date for 10 years or anything, but they, I think it was clear to everyone around them that they had a very deep, deep. connection yeah. and they went places with each other in relationship before they got married and had a baby and everything. They went places together that, they hadn't gone to, you know, with other partners. Mm -hmm. And so it, I think it's, it was clear that, um, they, uh, they had a deep, very deep connection deep, very early on. Deep friendship. There's a, there's a playfulness yeah. to their dynamic very that good. is inspiring and yeah. contagious. Yes. Um, and I think it is, it is innate in him is playfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is nourishment for her. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And that, and that speaks to, you know, the archetypes here as well. His, his playfulness, though, may also be um, overused to compensate for that Scorpio moon that, that feels, and, and not just that Scorpio moon, but that feels bogged down by, you know, the intensity of life mm -hmm. and the responsibilities. He, he puts a lot of pressure on himself to be responsible, to do it the right way. And she puts a lot of pressure on herself to be responsible and do it the right way. So the remedy, right, or the medicine is play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fantastic that they have access to that. And then mm -hmm. now they have a little baby that they're going to get to play with yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, I think there's a, there's a nice um, sinistry here. Uh, she also has an unaspected Venus like 
you do. And that point is, is not an easy, accessible place in there for him. And so one of the, th- what I would, you know, counsel them is that she needs to feel appreciated. Even for the smallest things, she needs to feel in, in her past, like this will be a legacy of not feeling appreciated in relationships. And, you know, usually the mantra of a Virgo is I do all this stuff and, and people don't. What do they do for me? Mm. And so for him, he's going to have to, you know, go the, just the extra mile to appreciate her, even in the smallest ways, because that's going to feed her and, and fill her up. Make yeah. sense? Yep. Yeah, that's really, really good information because obviously they, they will be listening to this. And I think that that'll be really helpful, a great reminder mm-hmm. as we are looking through lens with completely different angles mm-hmm. and eyes um, to remember that. I mean, that's human is to feel appreciated. We just do it in different ways. Yes. Yeah. And, and certainly back to him, you know, upbringing similar to mine, uh, upbringing where you can't trust authority. There. Uh, you can't trust the masculine, mm-hmm. um, whether that be pastors, coaches, yeah. teachers, anybody with knowledge, you, <laughs> you both have Saturn and Aquarius. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a lack of that. And, and so I can absolutely see where there's a lack of safety in, uh, what, what we've experienced almost as like unpre- masculinity, almost like unpredictable masculinity. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. like, can I trust it today or is it not trustable today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also, I mean, for him, that masculinity is very much about how smart I am and the mind Mm. and intelligence. And so, you know, that, but, but yet if he only depends on that part of himself, then he's also not tuning in to his intuitive side. He's deeply intuitive and, you know, emotionally connected, you know, responsive in a different way that you are because he's got that water moon. And, you know, she, with all of this Virgo energy is she's just trying to put things in order, put her life in order in some way. And so Virgo, excuse me, Gemini's they're changeable. And that's one of the things that is different between Virgo and Gemini. Virgo's like, wait, 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 be consistent. Like you said it was this and this is what it means. And Gemini's like, yeah, but I've changed my mind. And now I see it a different way. And so he's helping her lighten up too in that, to not take things perhaps like that it it is finite. Set in stone. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's that's a really good reminder. Is there anything else looking at these charts, knowing that they are newlyweds with a new baby? Is there anything else that also as your experience as a therapist um, that you would want to make them aware of? Well, communication is always going to be important. How do you communicate? And the other thing we didn't talk about in there that I always think is important is terms of engagement. How do you fight? need to know mm-hmm. how to fight. Fighting is, you know, it's confrontation is a natural part of growing. And so what are the, what are the ways in which you, you, you confront and you come back together? So first with communication, she's got her Mercury in the sign of Libra and he's got his in the sign of Cancer. And so again, we run into this dilemma of, you know, she's going to be talking about facts. She wants to see both sides. It's analytical. It's, it's talking about the thing where for him, Cancer is subjective. He may be more, even though he's got a fast mind because he's Gemini, it slows down under emotional duress. Mm. And so he may not be able to talk with the same kind of eloquence that he would, you know, I don't know, a product or something that he's interested in. So she needs to make space for him to be able to express himself, perhaps through metaphor, perhaps mm. through, mm. you know, it feels like a dark and stormy night when I'm this way versus being like, when you do this, I feel that. Yeah. And, 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 and that is something I think that sometimes we run into, like, you know, somebody that has an air mercury like her, it's like, just get to the point, get to the facts where somebody that's got mercury in a water sign 
needs to process it as they're talking about it. So holding space for each other, one to be more, you know, subjective and perhaps um, imaginative in his approach, and yet for her to to summarize and to get to the point so that she's got something tangible she can mm. work on because mm. that's okay just tell me it so that I can work on this mm. tell me what I need to know so that I can fix it and that's not what he is maybe wanting he's just wanting to explore him his emotions sure. so she's got to hold that space for him but equally he needs to step up and be able to explain things in a rational way which he's capable of doing because he is a rational sign yeah mm. does that make sense yeah, yeah. totally makes sense and uh, just completely um it's like you you know them or you have more <laughs> information than just their birth which of course you do mm-hmm. here but it's just it's just wild to me how uh, how accurate it is curious I'm, I'm thinking about any uh anything else that we want to touch on let's talk about parenting okay yeah, right i mean they're, yep. they're both par- they're new parents and yeah. you know we parent according to our model of parenting whether we're conscious of it or not and so this is always an interesting thing when you have two people in a relationship that are procreating and essentially there's a, a being now um, you know, the way in which we parent is often going to be, I mean, a lot of the, the planets, um, you know, apply, but the moon is going to be really important because it contains the memories of our past. So again, he's got this Scorpio moon and she's got this Virgo moon. She's going to be very hyper attuned to the needs of this child. You know, what do they need? And maybe even overly so all the practical things she may also be through, you know, Virgos can be a little bit anxious in their own way or worried. She may overshoot the mark and want everything, you know, Make, you know, make sure the diaper bag has 900 different things in it and let's do this. And, and there's a lot of energy that goes into it where he is going to be parenting perhaps from a little bit more of an observant perspective. Mm. He will go with the emotional flow of things. He is going to be very tuned into are there problems? Are things unsafe? But he is also more inclined to project his own unmet needs, the Scorpio moon, um, onto this, uh, this dynamic. And by that, I mean, not just his child, but the whole dynamic of mm. parenting. So this, this, first of all, there's a synastry here. There's a complementary. They both are very attentive to the needs of others. Her approach is much more hands-on than perhaps his is. And so she may need to give him ordinary tasks so that he can feel engaged in a way that is also the hands-on approach Mm. where he may need to, um, let's see, soothe some of her anxiety by telling her, you're doing such a great job. You're Mm. an amazing mother because there is going to be anxiety about, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And she's looking at the detail where he's looking at the overall Mm. picture. Saturn is also another planet that we look at because it is, it's how we take care of its responsibility. And it's also, um, you know, our own inner authority as a parent, we, we are stepping into some kind of authority, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and so his, um, his Saturn is in Aquarius. Her Saturn is in Sagittarius. This, this is different energy. You know, her approach in this too, may be about like being sure that, you know, he, that the child is educated, that they know that, that they're well-equipped to handle the world. And he too has this as a parent and wants to do that, but he is less um, trustworthy of the outer world teaching his child. Mm. Much of this is going to be leading by example. 
And so their approaches to parenting, I mean, Aquarius and, and Sagittarius have a natural alignment, but one might be a little bit more inclined to, uh, one, I should say, he might be a little bit more inclined to um, making sure that they are teaching ethics and they are teaching this person, this, this child, how to be a good person, where she might also be inclined to making sure that this child is equipped to manage themselves in the world. Mm. You feel that inner and outer yeah. Yeah. approach. Yeah. So again, that works well could together. Be a compliment. Absolutely. Yeah, there, absolutely. There is a compliment to that. But again, without knowing how they have internalized yeah. their own mother-father wound, you know, much of that is what is uh, mm -hmm. projected onto the child. And this is just going to be great information for them to hear and know about each other that they, they, although they are complementary of each, uh, mm -hmm. of each other, those styles might be a little different mm -hmm. and to have kind of empathy for the mm -hmm. different approach yeah. that your partner might take in that one's looking at the fine details and one's looking at the big picture. Yeah. That's actually, I, I think a really uh, a, a great thing. Yeah. yeah. But Very good. Uh, if you don't, if you're unconscious to it, it might be like, why is she doing things that way? Why is he doing things this way? Mm -hmm. Why am I always doing this? Why is he always doing this? Mm -hmm. Rather like, oh man, we get to play and create um, and tackle these different jobs together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think is great. Yeah. It's like, it's going back to the example of, of being in a canoe on a river. It's like the person in the back is going to be doing things different than the person in the front. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're frustrated by the fact that they're not mirroring exactly what you're doing, you know, you could run yourself right into the side yeah. of the riverbank, you yeah. know, cause you're both paddling on the same side yeah. or whatever. And so it is that, that relationship and an understanding of the holistic mm -hmm. uh, of how it complements is super powerful. Yeah. yeah. This is freaking spot on. We're obviously going to be nudging uh, these guys to get in and, <laughs> and have a, a deeper dive session. Yeah. Um, there's just so much meat on the bone here. Yeah. <laughs> and so much of, of your sessions with people mm -hmm. is not just you relaying, like, exactly. here's what I see. Mm -hmm. It's, okay, here's one little bit. Tell me about when you were nine mm -hmm. or whatever it is, mm -hmm. where then you're getting the person involved exactly. and engaged with pulling. It's almost like you just you open the door or you open the gate or there's this tiny wedge and then this other person is allowed the space to fully flow out and, and – yeah discover more of themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, they have to manifest the, you know, these are archetypes and I could be reading, you know, the chart of a frog, like we don't know. Right. right. And so mm -hmm. understanding, and what I'm doing is I'm assessing a person's level of awareness. How aware are they of this dynamic in themselves? You know, mm -hmm. because we all evolve at different rates. And so I don't want to present and speak at them. I want to speak to them and yeah. with them and, and offer, you know, some of these little pearls as ways to reflect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, yeah, you do a, just freaking amazing job at that and I've I've never I've always felt um that you you're so gifted at feeling and seeing into people and how much they can handle in this moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spew mm -hmm. all that I see at you right now because I need to gauge or you need to gauge where we're at in accepting and allowing that depth in ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, I think that is some of the ethics of being an astrologer. Like people that learn astrology and get really good at it, you, you don't realize like what tool you have in front of you. And the, you know, I take this very seriously in terms of the, the type of responsibility that's in front of me and, you know, to expose somebody without their yeah. permission is unkind. And it's, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, the 
hypocritical oath, right? Yeah. yeah. Do no harm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and when I was younger in my you know experience, it was super fun to be to expose mm-hmm. because yeah. it was ego. It was for me, and I you know I it was like ready drum roll and so when you were seven, what happened sexually to you? You know, and mm. it's like whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, do you have a therapist? Have you worked yeah. on these things? Yeah. And so we need to be really conscious of the power that we hold. Yeah. Absolutely. And you absolutely are. Um, thank you so much for going into all of that. You're welcome. Uh, it's so much fun. So I could just layers. listen to you yeah. all day. It yeah. is so <laughs> much fun. And like just being able to, you know, use this as as a tool in your own relationship and be able yeah. to understand it. And, and this doesn't, it's not finite. It continues to grow and expand. You yeah. are not, the, pl- the planets don't make you yeah. happen. Like mm-hmm. you are communing with the energy of this and growing as yeah. a result. Yep. You said it earlier. You're like, of, of course, destiny. Like I feel, I, I can um, appreciate destiny, but also just as important, if not more, is free will. And the choices that we make it's not just the chart. It's the choices that we make yeah. and, and how we shape our worlds. Um, that shapes our reality from yeah. that. And mm-hmm. I think uh, one other thing on that, you know, I think that, you know, unfortunately our Western society is, is very attached to the romance in relationships. And, you know, I will often hear people say, like, I want to know if this is my soulmate. I'm looking for my soulmate, my person, my twin flame. And, you know, I think that that is something that we don't quite understand the weight or the currency that that holds. You know, I often tell people, if, if you meet your soulmate, unless you're ready to do the work, run. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, meeting yeah. your soulmate means that now you've got somebody that's going to trigger the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody that you're going to fall in yeah. love and you're going to project all of your shadow material on that person and give away your power until you learn how to integrate it back. And so I think that, you know, when I when I'm doing astrology charts for couples and they're like, what's the karma in it? You know, what's the karmic tie? And some charts are very um, explicit in the karmic work that that person is doing. But that's not often romantic right it's the deep soul work that we have you know the the romance is part of the projection and and I like to say that the romance is something that we earn in a relationship Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely oh so good um Mm. I this has been such a blast and I I I it, it, it was everything that I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Um, thank you for the, yes. the mini therapy session. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask our last question. Yeah. Um, and we can blend them together in, you know, um, usually we ask what feels like medicine for your body, mind, and relationships. But on the whole, mm-hmm. what just for you in your totality mm-hmm. is feeling like medicine for you right now? Mm-hmm. different now mm. I think you know I guess it's not as different connection like connection with others you know what I'm what I'm I'm going through my own dark night of the soul and accompanying my partner through his dark night of the soul and this is you know perhaps the most sacred service that a Virgo can do like mm. we are healers and we want to be of service in a very sacred way and you know holding this space for my partner 
requires me to be deeply connected, not just to him, but to myself. And more importantly, and part of my own wounding is to my family, to, you know, my, my people and my tribe. And so connection for me right now is the, the most profound, mm. uh, potent medicine because it can feel really lonely. It can mm. feel really alone. And, you know, loneliness is one that questions, why is this happening to mm-hmm. me? This isn't fair. I don't want this. There's resistance in that. But when I feel connected, then I'm not going through this alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going through this as part of a, a human experience. And then on a very intimate level, I am receiving support from others. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, love and support and connection is probably the greatest medicine. And then, you know, always my other greatest medicine is my dog. <laughs> always. Yes. Perfect. Well, yeah. y- your, your connection and your service to us, I uh, can't put words to it. Your, I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> what you have spoken, uh, both, you know, literally mm-hmm. with your mouth and energetically uh, through our times mm-hmm. together, echo through the way that I live my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think of you all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. as a, what would Adrian do? Yeah. I need a freaking bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, and from, I do know that from loneliness mm-hmm. comes creation. Yeah. It's an expression of self that is love. Yeah. And it freaking blows me away with your cre- creative life expression. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't see you enough in person, but I feel you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for you in, in our lives. And uh, God, I, I know there's so much much more mm. uh, uh, to come. So, and we are, we are so excited mm. to continue to create with you yes. for as long as you will allow us to hold the stage for you. Mm. We we will be that stage um, in a, in whatever capacity you want to gift the world. Yeah, thank you. You you touch me. You both mm. really touch me, and to feel your connection and you know, to feel you're both very genuine, you know, and that, and, and I feel that, and I get to receive that mm-hmm. from both of you. And so I am so incredibly grateful for our threesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love Hell it. yeah. Uh, yes. uh, I know there are plenty, pe- plenty of people who are listening to you and wanting to, h- how do I, you know, mm-hmm. they're asking, how do I work with Adrian? How do I get a session with her? How do I convince my partner to do this yes. with me? Do you recommend people do this individually? with you or do they can people start out together if they're both willing like how do you recommend that and if so where did they find you okay that's a great question I think that um uh if your budget will allow for it I think that it's always a good start to do your own individual chart first to really understand the intricacies the ins and outs of yourself and then as a couple to then understand the relational dynamics in in you know your synastry chart um with that said, it's all, I'm also able to do you know all of it in one shot, but it's a lot, right? I yeah. mean, it's yeah. your head spins a bit. Mm-hmm. So I that would be my recommendation. Um, I think it's also really beneficial if you are curious about your relationship with one of your parents or a sibling. Like there are so many, or the person that you work with, there are so many different ways to you to utilize this tool that I would recommend. Um, how do you find me? I'm pretty easy to find Adrian Abeda, um, adrianabeda.com. You can DM Mimi. She's always great. Yeah. Um, I often get a, a, 
a funnel of people <laughs> yeah. after this, yeah. and, I, and I love it. So that's something, you know, I'm easy to, to find in that way. You can also find yeah. me on Instagram at Adrian Soul Sessions. Uh, some of the other offerings as well, uh, because I am currently in my own um, process of grief, I'm going to be doing a group um, grief, gratitude, and grace. Mm. And we're all grieving. And part of, you know, parenthood, and I mean that in our own self, like parenting ourself means that there is the process of grief, of letting go, you know, of that child in us. So that's also some of the work that I have focused on. The shadow work is, is an aspect of that as well. So be prepared if you reach out and you want to do some of the, the relational stuff that it will quickly yeah. turn into mm. shadow work yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I don't even have words <laughs> for it because like, yes, um, I cannot, we cannot recommend Adrian enough, but also be fucking ready Yeah, for to sure. go deep and to start uncovering things about yourself that maybe you don't want to, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's where the real growth mm-hmm. is, is looking at the shadowy parts that we don't show everyone else that we don't put on display, Mm -hmm. but that is where the real growth and the wisdom and I would say more love for self Mm -hmm. comes. And that's my Leo speaking, of course, course. but, um, that's, it's, it's what I've experienced. And we all, we all want that love. We just interpret it in different ways. So Mm -hmm. yeah, be fucking ready. And we interpret it through our lens. And if our lens is dirty and if our lens is old, then we interpret it that way. So, you know, I like to say that, you know, part of what I'm doing is I'm just holding a torch for you to see and relationships will always trigger shadow material. Mm -hmm. So how do we equip ourselves to be conscious partners, Mm -hmm. both with the other, our self and the divine that's where the magic is yes Mm, yes come on and the work okay thank you so much we love you you are us and uh thank you listeners for joining us today make sure you check out adrian i will have all the links in the show notes um if this interested you at all follow that nudge and uh we'll talk to you next time go spread some light Okay, bye. Go spread some light on the solstice. Yes. Happy yes. solstice. Happy Perfect solstice. <laughs> if you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine to learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.